friends and welcome to Thursday's edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast. My name is Mark Heath, I'm your host as ever. Ipswich Town are out of the Carabao Cup, losing to Premier League Fulham to a world-class goal, according to our, our fearless leader, Paul Lambert. We'll talk about that in a minute. Of course, I have to introduce the gentlemen who are most important to the show, the guys who know what they're talking about. Uh, producer Ross, how are you, my friend? I'm very good, thank you. Outstanding. Uh, how's your How's your week going? Yes, yeah, good. Um, yesterday, I was um, at Liam's from Crew to watch the game. He uh, treated me to some pizza, garlic bread, and some ice cream. So that was nice. Nice. Uh, I assume that is illegal within the coronavirus rules. I've, I've kind of lost track. Uh, but yeah, uh, hopefully. Uh... Uh, bubble, bubbles. Uh, are you a bubble? Are you a bubble with Liam? Are you? Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, I reckon you're fine. Good old Liam. So he's still finding a way to feed you, even though his gran is, is out of circulation for a little while. Pretty much, yeah. Nice one. Um, and of course, the other man who is partnerless this week because Hutchie is in a caravan in Norfolk, um, but he is still with us. He's battling the sniffles, which is definitely not the Rona, but he's, he is, as ever, the doctor, Stuart Watson. How are you, Stewie? Uh, hi, Mark. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your is that your sick voice? Yeah, oh. that, would, that would be my voice if I was calling in sick, which I would never do, as you know. I can't remember you ever calling in sick, Stu. No, because I'm a bloody hero. That's why you're a bloody soldier. And and Julie Julie noted and Julie um, put forward for a thank you Archant award, my friend. I was a bit nervous getting the old heat the uh, temperature gun on the way in last night. I was, luckily, I am like Prince Andrew and I don't sweat. So um, <laughs> it, it was fine. I passed the test. Um, we would have been in all sorts of trouble if you got if you got turned away. That yeah, would have been, that would have been a serious issue there because um, we wouldn't have had time to switch it around. There'd suddenly been a lot of pressure on the boy Carl Marston's shoulders. Um, but as it as it happens, you got through to you. Fair play indeed. Right then, boys, let's talk about the game. As I say, Town went out of the Carabao Cup. No surprise there, really, losing to a much higher class Premier League Fulham side with with expensive players and stars all over the pitch. World Cup winners, £18 million midfielders, all that palaver. Stewie, on uh, Monday when we last spoke, you, you, you predicted the defeat. But you said what was important was the individual performances. So talk me through last night. What individually stood out for you and what did you make of the game as a whole? A predictable defeat. I think um, Lambert was always going to... This was always the game where the rotation would start to creep back in. Um, it's been a really hectic schedule off the back of a very long break. Ipswich have already got injuries racking up. I know people want to see a settled side, um, but would they have wanted to see someone like Stephen Ward at the age of 35 go one game too many last night and then get an injury or anyone else for, for that nature? Uh, I don't think so. So I think it was probably quite sensible to to mix it up in terms of the team last night. The main thing is they, they kept with the same, the same team, the same system. So it enabled the players who kind of swapped in to, to get to, to grips with the, with the style and the system and the identity. Um, Fulham had Ipswich comfortably at arm's length throughout throughout most of the game, to be honest. It, it was a Premier League side against a, a League One side, really, and it, and it looked that. Um, but, I th you know, I thought that there was there was enough positives to try to take away from, from the game. Mm. 
Uh, and what, what were those positives? Carl Marston, who joined you last night, off the subs bench uh, in for Andy Warren, of course. Um, he made Cornell the man of the match. Said he was also very impressed with, with Hawkins. Well, I say very impressed. That's probably how the top again, 7 out of 10. But said he was impressed with him up front on his own. Um, and he also, I think, Andre Dizel was another one who he, he praised in his in his post-match ratings. But he said it was a bit like watching a, a friendly in July, the whole atmosphere and, and kind of feel of the game. Yeah, it, it is weird watching these games with no fans there. Um, I guess most people at home, I, I haven't seen the iFollow coverage or the, the Carabao Cup streams or whatever. Do they have the, the fake noise piped into those? No. They don't. So it's just watching it. Like we are, yeah. It's it's strange. It's a strange atmosphere, um, but yeah, I'd agree with with what Carl said there. Cornell obviously made some some really good saves. Um, the two centre backs, I thought, considering neither of them would have been anywhere near probably people's first choice a few weeks ago. I thought Enciana uh, mm. and Wilson both defended strong. Um, they're blockers. They're they're out and out defenders, and they they did well against a, a very good striker in, in Mitrovic. Um Dazelle again, his range of passing from, from deep was good to see. So he's he's starting to churn out the games now, which is which is good. Um that's some nice little patterns of play on the ball at times. They tried to play when they, they did get it. Um the downside really was that they just didn't create anything. Um I think the the only shot on target was the one in the last minute, which I still think was a was an a was a cross from Edwards rather than a than a shot, but overall, I thought they were they were compact, compact, organised, disciplined, defended well against a good team. And if they can marry that defensive display with some of the creativity that we've seen in in the recent games, then they could be onto something. Mm. Roscoe, obviously, you're watching with Liam from Crew via Carabao Cup Live or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, what, what did you make of the game? Uh, the current man needs to be sacked or if he's an apprentice or anything because he was terrible. <laughs> I was, was seasick watching that game for some parts of the game because he was just like, Ooh. That but, seems uh, to be a bit of a theme yeah. with, the, uh, with the live streams. They're not the best of, of camera work, which considering you're playing a tenner a game yeah. is, uh, is slightly vexing, isn't it? But um, there's not really much to add, really, what Stu said. Like, it wasn't the most entertaining game, really. I felt when Fulham scored, I thought that was it, really. I thought, yeah, Fulham are not probably going to try to go for another one. Um, and I yeah. felt there wasn't, we didn't really make any chances until what Stu said, you know, that cr- cross shot from my, my boy Guion. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, I thought he had a good game again, Guion. I'm not trying to jump on his, you know, back again, but I thought he did yeah. all right. Um, and I, you know, I know we haven't mentioned him yet, but when Downs came on, I thought he, he did good. And then even Norwood when he came on as well for Hawkins, I didn't think Hawkins had a good game. To be fair, you didn't um, think he had a good game. No, I didn't think so. No. Um, I thought when Norwood came on, he actually did actually batter the the Fulham defence a little bit. He actually got a bit more into it with Hawkins. I, I didn't actually see the game, but I know I saw quite a few people saying Hawkins was pretty much constantly offside. It seemed. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. I think he had five. Yeah. He was offside, but in total, I thought yeah, we did right actually against a, a Premier League team of Fulham. Like Fulham weren't mucking about with their team either. I felt no, you know, they had Mitrovic up front, and I think four of their new summer signings started as well. So, um, and they're both of their fullbacks are, are class as well. And that's how you know they scored one of their goals, well, the only goals of the night, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Mars Kenlock is uh, still not, not a fan of him. <laughs> 
Ross is still not a fan of Miles Kenlock. Uh, one day, maybe you'll yeah. praise him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that was a, that was there was two sort of moments that summed up the the difference in quality between the sides. Is that obviously Fulham's goal, which Paul Lambert's probably overplaying slightly to sort of <laughs> repeatedly call it world class. It was a very good goal. Ipswich, yeah. Ipswich looked like they had Fulham sort of penned in by their own corner flag, and I don't think the highlights show this part. But and I'm not sure who it was, but a Fulham player produced a really good switch under pressure right out to the other side, um, which allowed the, the right back uh, Tete to to ping in a really good cross. David Beckham-esque kind of swerved it in from deep. Mitrovic, don't underestimate sort of the timing of his run on the blind side to score score with the header, but um, Ipswich probably should have done more to pressure that cross. I think Nolan and Kenlock were out there and I'm not, I think to pick the marking to, to pieces would be harsh because I think Ipswich were kind of pulled out of position and people were racing back and then Toto sees that Wilson's got drawn towards the ball so he then gets drawn over towards what should have been Wilson's man and then Danassian's kind of having to chase to try and make up the gap behind them so they just got pulled out of shape a little bit but mm. so that, that that was Fulham kind of ruthless, ruthlessly exposing some gaps and then Ipswich had a similar sort of opportunity where Danassian got in down the right at one point and he had men streaming over in the box. I think it was um, Norwood and, and Dobra to aim for and um, he didn't beat he didn't beat the first man with his cross and that was kind of a wasted opportunity. And that those two moments there from fairly similar positions kind of shows you the difference uh, in quality between the mm. levels. I think looking at the uh, reaction to last night, most people seem relative. Oh, obviously, you never want to set, set out to, to to lose a game, but most people seem relatively happy with performance and the fact they haven't now got another cup game uh, congestion, that kind of stuff. Charlie Baxter says, no shame in losing to a Premier League side. It does show how far we've fallen, though. Joe Fairs, friend of the show, La Decima, number 10, Seemed like last night probably went as well as it could. No injuries, decent performance, no stepping in adapted to the way of playing and no cup game next week without being embarrassed and confidence knocked. Um, Paul M, again, still not convinced it's the real Paul McCartney, but he says, forget the football. Did Stu have a good catch-up with the Moose? Was the Moose there last night, Stewie? The Moose was there. Was I, didn't ha- I didn't have a good catch-up with the Moose, but um, listeners of Talk Sport will know that the Moose very much likes to uh, have his fill from... Uh, on a food front from football yeah. grounds. And the first thing he proclaimed to anyone that would listen was who's got right, who's got the best packed lunch then. Um, so he was a little bit further down from me. So I didn't see sort of what his snacking situation was during the game, but uh, I think he was well prepared. Yeah. Did, 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 Cause Carl's pretty famous for his little pack ups as well. That he takes Carl, obviously um, a veteran of many football games over the years, covered Colu for, for years for us, covered town, in the in the keen era and also a lot of non leagues and I know he he tends to bring his little pack up and flask of coffee was he fully fully prepped last night Stu? I I didn't see him pull anything out of his of his bag of tricks last night no focused fully on the game professional as, as he should be Nigel G friend of the show says not that bad a performance last night thought Cornell looked good in goal team not embarrassed this season getting out of league one has to be the priority. Otherwise, dot, dot, dot. I don't think we all know what that means. Trouble ahead. Thomas Lane. I saw Dazelle's very good performance in his 60 minutes against Premier League opposition. And I saw a tweet about Down's 30 minutes cameo. The possibility of those two alongside each other is mouthwatering, to say the least. Credit to Toto and Wilson. They handled Mitro well. Now then, obviously, that brings us on to probably the key talking point from last night, Stewie, which was the return of a certain young Flynn Downs, who um, was on the bench. 
and then got on in the second half, had half an hour. Um, how did he look when he came on? I saw your tweet, which was quite interesting, saying we'll never know how his introduction would have been greeted by the fans, given there was no one there. But but how did he look? At, and you spoke to Lambert about him after the game as well, didn't you? I thought he looked very good. Yeah, Ross touched on it earlier. I thought he he raised Ipswich's levels when he came on, just in terms of his his tenacity and his pressing. He um, he certainly didn't look like someone who was who had a you know don't want to get injured and get a move off situation because he thundered into a few tackles. He kept the ball well. I just thought he raised Ipswich's tempo and intensity, and it's a reminder that he is their best midfielder, mm. um, as well as. Nolan had done last weekend and um, Downs, I think, is, is improves the team, no doubt about it. So I hope now that they can kind of reintegrate him into the team. Um, you, you're right. Uh, the, the listener who said about sort of the prospect of Dizelle, Downs and, and Bishop in there, I just think those three are on the same wavelength. They've got complementary qualities. They were looking good in pre-season. It's a conundrum now for Lambert because Nolan was man of the match last weekend and he did okay again last night. So yeah. it's nice that we're talking about competition for places in, in that respect. And you spoke to Paul about Flynn after the game, didn't you? And he, he said that they'd had a chat and, and that kind of thing. Just bring us up to speed on that. Basically, yeah, ha- had a chat yesterday. Um, it's it's time to let the lad go and play now. Um, so time will tell how well he's played this. And from a man management point of view, it might have been a bit of a... Uh, We've been talking a lot about the tough love. Might have felt that he just wasn't happy about how Flynn and his representatives have kind of gone about this. Might have felt that he needed to make a bit of a stand. And um, he's done that now. Mm. Um, Now let's see what the reaction's like from Flynn. I think that knowing what Flynn's like as a character and as a player, he'll hopefully react to it nicely. And... We shall see in a few weeks' time as the window. I'm sure this will go right towards the end of the window because uh, yeah. it's all a bit of a cat and mouse game now, isn't it? As to mm. whether Palace or or any other teams come back in for him. If he comes back in and does okay uh, and does well, I still don't think it's completely out of the question that they might be able to get him back on loan. Um, that that might be a route forwards. Mm. There was a report, wasn't there, saying if Palace Palace aren't necessarily seeing him as, as someone to go straight to the first team, but more that they would um, they'd, they'd probably look at putting him out on loan. Yeah, um, I imagine, imagine a buying club would rather get him out on loan to a Championship club next as his his next yeah. move for development. But if it if it sort of if it helps the deal go through and the two clubs are really close and Ipswich say, okay, you've you've got close enough on fee. If you can give him back on loan to us, even if even if just till Christmas time or something, that might just help a deal go through. Um, mm. I'm not I'm not saying that that's that's a definite possibility, but I think there's a chance. Mm. And Roscoe, when we spoke about this on Monday, you were saying you thought the, the Flynn Down situation was was heading towards a, a departure. Um, were you pleased to see him back on the pitch last night, though? Yeah. Um... It's a weird one, really, because yeah, I thought this was, you know, he was never going to play for us again. But, mm. you know, crazy things and weird things happen all the time. But, um, you know, it's always good to see him. I, I you know, I'm with everybody else. I, you know, he's, he is such a great player. And when he came on, I thought he made a difference in that midfield. Like, he was going into tackles and, you know, splitting passes. And I thought he did really well. And, you know, I think he knew he had to play mm. well. And 
I saw a few comments, people saying he wasn't getting involved that much. He was like, you know, wasn't caring. I was thinking, were they watching the same game? Um, mm. I thought he did really well. And, you know, in, when his first was coming about, I thought that was going to be the plan. He was going to go on, you know, join Palace permanently and then maybe return on loan. But as Stu said, yeah. of course, you know, Palace will probably want to send him out to a championship club to get that season in the championship. Um, yeah. But, you know, I'm now thinking, you know what? He may be here actually this season. Maybe the deal won't be done, but I don't know. Him him playing is a win-win for everyone because yeah. if he comes in back into the team and plays really, really well for the next few games, then his price hope for that hopefully sort of enables Ipswich to get nearer the valuation that they, they want for him. Or if or if the valuation doesn't come in, then they've got a player in form still at the club, haven't they? So um, it's better for all parties that he's back in the team and playing well over the next few months. I guess the counter-argument is if you think he's going to go, then you have to kind of start planning for the, the season ahead and getting your your midfield sort of post-downs already up to speed now. But I think, well, there's still a, a definite possibility that he'll still be at the club. Um, over the coming weeks, you've got to kind of plan at the moment as if he's going to be here until mm. you, until you know you hear anything different. Hundred percent. Like I said on Monday, I think Flynn Downs, as long as he's an Ipswich Town player, he should still be playing for Ipswich Town. He's their best player, um, so it's nonsensical to have him sat in the stands. Uh, and I'd imagine Flynn obviously loves the game. He, I'd imagine he wants to play as well. So let's see what happens. As you say, Stu, I'm sure it's going to go straight down to the wire. Of course, another transfer. Um, thing happening at town. KJ, Caden Jackson, we've not seen him at all this season. Uh, and there was a report yesterday, Stu, or um, earlier in the week, it wasn't yesterday, was it? Uh, Tuesday, I think it was, um, that Birmingham have, have made a £2.5 million bid for him. Now, first of all, if that's true, sold to Birmingham, that's a, that's an unbelievable uh, offer. Um, and secondly, again, you spoke to Lambert about that last night, didn't you? So it just brings up to speed on, on the KJ. Yeah, it was a bit vague in the response on that. So it's a report from Pete O'Rourke, who's a freelance journalist now, but formerly of Sky, uh, mm -hmm. uh, agent whisperer, um, tends to get quite a lot of transfer stuff. So he was the one that reported that Bournemouth had had a bid rejected mm -hmm. um, last week, which obviously, you know, subsequently turned out to be true. Um it's worth noting that he talked about that being a two million pound bid from Bournemouth being rejected. Our understanding is that was closer to one million. So, this latest report from from him is that it's a two and a half million pound bid, or talks between the clubs about a two and a half million pound move, yeah, um, for Jackson to Birmingham. So, whether that fee again is slightly inflated in terms of the reports, I don't know. Lambert was really vague about this one afterwards. He just said, we asked him about the bid and he just said, situation is still as it was. Somebody's got to want to buy him until then. It's all just speculation. Mm. Um, so we had to kind of say, but look, it, has there been a bid from Birmingham? And he just sort of mumbled about, no, I don't think so. So not that I'm aware of or something along those lines, but mm. um, it's all a bit shrouded in mystery, this, this Jackson situation. Um, not quite sure how that's going to pan out, but if it gets anywhere near the sort of two and a half million pound valuation to make a profit on him, as we've discussed in previous podcasts, I think would be really good business for Ipswich. Mm. FPL Tractor says I'd sell Caden Jackson for anything over a million. He's now a round peg when we only have square holes. You agree, uh, Roscoe? 
KJ selling for anything over a million, especially if it's 2.5 million. Yeah, definitely, because, yeah, that's a, a big profit on, you know, what we bought him for. You know, at that stage, it was a League Two, you know, promotion-winning striker. Um, mm. I've just seen that Birmingham yesterday, they signed Scott Hogan on a permanent deal from Aston Villa. So, he's a forward. Oh. You know, are they needing another forward, really, mm. Birmingham? Um, I know they're sort of in a... They've got a new manager, haven't they? They've got um, Karanka in charge. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm sure he's trying to build a team to you know a lot you know last season i don't think they did really well so i think they're trying to rebuild their team but you know do they really need him but mm-hmm. yeah it's a you never know there's a lot of tactics at play uh dark arts between people involved in transfers at this time of year um it you never know if it, or we've seen obviously with it played out publicly with downs is obviously been rec- you know his agent has obviously told him that the tactic is to put in a, a transfer request from the Jackson camp, is this, you know, is it, or Birmingham are after a striker, there's been a bit of an inquiry, let's get that in the public domain, that maybe, maybe G's uh, Bournemouth up into coming back with another bid, that loads mm. of stuff sort of goes, and there's a lot of uh, gamesmanship that goes on behind the scenes with all this stuff. As Ross says, Birmingham was signed a striker last night, so how genuine their interest is, I, I honestly don't know at this moment in time. And he's back tomorrow, so... Uh, He's, uh, he's got a few little contacts on this one, so I'm sure he'll be able to shed some light. Yeah. Can either of you see um, any way that, that Jackson fits into the, the team at the moment? Uh, no, is my honest answer. Um, the, only, the only thing you can say is that it's all very well letting him go and it's a good deal for Ipswich, but the salary cap obviously restricts how you can reinvest that money. Um, but... I don't see him as the lone striker. We saw him in the... Uh, there was enough evidence from the championship season to say that he can't play that role. And I know people have said, maybe give him a try, see what he's like out wide. But I just think the way they're playing this 4-3-3 system, I'm not sure if he's got the guile and the, the football intelligence to play that role. It's one thing playing as a as a striker and making those in-to-out runs to the, to the corners and dragging centre-backs out of position and shape. It's mm-hmm. another sort of playing wide and um, knowing when to go outside, inside. There's a bit more sort of um, a bit more involved in in that role. So, um, and I think that's kind of how Ipswich, the Ipswich coaching staff, see it as well at the moment. So, I think if if the money is right, he'll go. Mm. One more thing I just want to mention before we move on to the highlight of any podcast, which is of course the strike. Um, Report out yesterday, EFL uh, games, or some EFL games, are going to have fans back this weekend at the maximum of 1,000. Um, a few games across the Championship, League 1 and League 2, obviously town not involved, uh, or indeed the the destination game this weekend not involved, Bristol Rovers. Um, Norwich are, however, um, so they'll have fans back for their game. Uh, we understand, though, that the town are hoping to get approval for their test event, these all test events, to be a week on Saturday when they host Rochdale. Um, and I've just had a, a comment. I want to, to talk about a little bit, which was on here from Will Airy. Can you shed any light on how the pilot games for returning fans were picked? Seems strange to not prioritise locations with lower rates of infection, especially when added restrictions are coming into force in the northeast and borough are still due to play. I, I think I'm right in saying it's basically just down to the, the teams who applied pretty much, isn't it? Because um, you have to go through a process of applying and getting approval. Um, but, Stu, is there any, any update on that other than the fact we we think that town is still hoping to 
have their test event a week on Saturday against Rochdale? Uh, I don't know how they came up with these initial test event things. I know when they picked sort of Cambridge as one of the early ones, that was there was various factors that were involved in that in terms of the type of stadium location, um, stuff like that. But um, Ipswich were always aiming for that Rochdale game as their first test event. Obviously, prior to these new restrictions, I think they would have probably been looking at getting in maybe uh, 3,000 or so fans. Mm. Um, but obviously now that that's limited to 1,000. So how they're going to decide which 1,000 fans that is out of their 9,000 or so season ticket holders um, remains to be seen. They've they've moved across to SeatGeek as their ticket uh, partners online this year, which hopefully makes things a little bit easier for people to kind of tick boxes as to which games. Mm. I think the idea is that they'll get people to kind of, first of all, say which games they're interested in attending and which games they can't attend. And then it will kind of try, they'll try and come up with a really, you know, the fairest possible way of doing a ballot. So if you miss your first choice game, you you know, you're then front of the queue for the next one and stuff like that. But um, mm. it's a logistical nightmare for the club. Mm. I know Norwich are doing theirs by ballot of season ticket holder. It will be interesting because it is already a test event approved for Ipswich uh, a week on Saturday, which is the, the big British Speedway final at Foxhall. So I don't know if, if that will count for against Ipswich, having to, potentially having two test events in Ipswich on the same day. I'd imagine there's no problem with that. We shall see. Roscoe, you speak to fans obviously a lot. Um, the message I've been getting from most fans is they can't wait to get back into Portman Road. There's no concerns about... Covid, etc. Is is that what you're hearing as well? People just can't wait to get back. Yeah, I think, I think like yeah, a lot of people they're just yeah they're itching to get back. I think you know, a lot of people are not used to watching football on you know on their computer screens or their TVs at three o'clock on a Saturday. Normally they're they're there, or you know we don't normally have this opportunity, do we? Because normally it is isn't allowed to be filmed at three p.m. live. Yeah. So. People are itching to get back. But then I think there'll be still some people maybe a bit cautious. They still maybe want to wait until we are fully back up and running because mm. you know, I think, you know, it's still a, there is still a virus going around. It's not, you know, it's not lurking in the background. It's still there. Yeah, it's not gone anywhere. Um, we, yeah, it'd be interesting to see, A, how town do that and, and B, uh, when it is and, and how fans react to it. But it is going to be great to get fans back because it's just not the same, is it? I mean, watching football, um, well, as you know, Stu, in, in the ground is is weird. Carl said it was like eerie. Um, and obviously even just watching the game on TV without fans is just odd. So fingers crossed, the sooner the better. Uh, obviously complicated by the fact that Corona appears to be making a bit of a comeback. Anyway, the strike, Roscoe. Let's do a strike. Are you ready? Yes. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Strike! Brought to you by the greatest quiz show host on planet Earth, producer Ross! Okay, thank you very much for the jingle once again as always. Now, same format. Hopefully, um, Andy won't ruin one of my questions. Luckily, he's not here. So, yep. we should be good. We're safe. Safe. But I'm sure I'm going to butcher something up soon. <laughs> uh, blast from the past. Yeah. Uh, Mad Dog. Jonas Knudsen. Yeah. He turned uh, 28 this week. Or yesterday. 
Um, he now follows us. He now follows us on uh, Kings of Anglia on Instagram. So does he? Uh, and, you, and you should too if you're listening and you don't. Yes. If you're not on Instagram, that's not an excuse. Get on there now uh, and follow us because uh, Jonas Chambers does as well, doesn't he? Yeah. I know, I know Titus is one of our followers as well. So Jonas famous for uh, running his bollocks off back in the day. Um, what's the question, Ross? Sorry, I've taken over a bit there. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, he, how many appearances did he make during his time at town? Closest to the appearance, scored four okay. goals. Of we're just get, we're just guessing, are we? Yes. There's no there's no multiple choice. Okay, Stewie, do you want to go first? Knudsen uh, played. Uh, I'm gonna say 160 games. Okay. I'm gonna say. Uh, I reckon he played 152. Ooh, 155. So, Get it? Is it really? Yes, 155. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So, but, you win, don't you? Oh, brilliant. Just, yeah. just confirming that. Yeah. I win. Yeah, point to me. That was point good, though, Stuart. It, both, it looked there like we both knew what we were talking about. Yeah, yeah excellent. I'm, I yeah. feel like you get an advantage going second. Yeah, because you go, oh, that could be, could be, it could be right there. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it a little bit, a little bit lower. But there you go. That was that was exact my exact thought process. Yes. Town flashback. Hmm. Yeah. In 2002, Town drew 1-1 at home to FC. Started. 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 Um, Sar- started. Sarted. Yeah, FC Sarted, yeah. Yes. Yeah. In the UEFA Cup first round. But where are they from? Yeah. Is it Romania, Bulgaria, or Serbia? Now this is Did you say not... did you just say did you just say Bulgaria? <laughs> okay, well, how say it? Bulgaria, my friend. It's a U. It's not it's oh. not, not B E L. Oh. Bulgaria. Just making oh. up countries now as well. You've got that power. Um, yeah. so what was it? Romania but Bulgaria or where? Serbia. Serbia. Um, I'll go. I'll go first. I reckon FC started are from Romania. Okay. I think it's Romania as well. It's Serbia. Oh. Oh dear, oh dear. There we go. Numbers game. <laughs> Craig Forrest turns fifty-three this week. Ah, happy birthday, Craig. How many clean sheets did he keep in the Premier League for Town, Chelsea and West Ham in 117 appearances in the top flight? Oh yeah, that's a question. So, um, now, of course, some of those games, of course, one of them was a 9-0 defeat against Man United. So, yeah. yeah definitely not a clean sheet, that one. Um, st- stains all over those sheets. Uh, <laughs> how, so he played 117 games. How many clean sheets? I reckon he kept... 107. 107 games. I reckon he kept. I reckon he kept 30 clean sheets. Okay. 20. 24. Ah. Oh, one one. All right. Well, this is the tiebreaker. I'm pleased I've got a tiebreaker. Excellent. Once again, it's the close. I should have done this for the live strike. I should have had a tiebreaker where you had to just guess a number, not have like three options. 
Hey, it all worked. It all worked out in the end, and, and our boy Azaboom became champ champ. What's the tiebreaker, Roscoe? Now, we've got Bristol Rovers this weekend, so how many times have we faced Bristol Rovers in our history? Good question. Um, League and Cup. Yeah. He says buying himself some time. Uh, Stu, I think it's your turn to go 12. first, isn't it? 12. Uh, I reckon Town have played Bristol Rovers 13 times then in that case. <laughs> it's uh, it's 39. Hey! It's the winner. Boom, boom, boom. Get in. Stuck it, Stu, etc. Your prize is a uh, meet and greet with Jonas Nitson. Hey! I and like so that. Good old Jonas. Yeah, good lad, Jonas. Okay. Excellent. Another excellent edition of The Strike. Do you want to wrap it up and intro Barry, Roscoe? I don't know where the audio for Barry is. So I don't think we're going to have that anymore. Oh, what? <laughs> I've lost uh, it. Lost it. Hutchie's got, got it somewhere because it appeared on the live strike. Wow. Poor old. Poor old Barry. It was the only yeah. thing kind of keeping his <laughs> town career alive, to be quite honest. Exactly. So it's, it's close he's going to get to playing for town this season, I'll, I think. I'll try to find, yeah, I'll, I'll find like an old version of a of a podcast and cut it out from there and then use it. So, Barry, over to you, mate. Hi, guys. Barry Cotter here. That was another edition of The Strike with producer Ross. Tune in next week for another edition of The Great Quiz Show. Cheers, Bass. Nice one, Baz. Right then, boys, um, before we go, obviously, Bristol Rovers away this weekend, the first road trip of the weekend, and, and Hutchie pretty much only just came back from Bristol. Um, obviously, he went to, to interview Marcus uh, Stewart for our what is going to be an epic uh, video for that 2000 uh, the promotion season. Um, Stewie, Bristol Rovers away. A couple of weeks ago, Town beat Bristol Rovers at home 3-0, very impressively. Um, can you see this game being a lot different? Um. Yeah, I think so. I think Bristol Rovers will probably have, have obviously had a good look at Ipswich now, worked out perhaps a, a different way of playing against them. I think they're a better side than than they showed in that, that opening game in, in the Cup. Um, I think Aimer and Westbrook, as I've said, are, are good signings for them. Um, they held Sunderland to a 1-1 to a draw at the Stadium of Light last weekend. Um Yes, I think this will be tougher than the cup game. But, um, yeah, uh, we've all kind of readily dismissed the, OK, out of the cup, last night went as well as possible. Mm. This is it now. This is this is proper for Ipswich. This is where they start getting judged. Um, Bristol Rovers away, Rochdale at home, MK Dons away. Now, now they need to get the ball rolling. So, um, yeah, looking forward to this one. What time are you getting the ball rolling uh, in terms of your carriage up north? North? Not north. What am I talking about? Your, 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 my geography's awful. But anyway, what time are you leaving, essentially, is what I'm asking? Uh, I haven't really considered that so far, but it will be it will be early. Are you travelling as a... Because obviously the, the Scarlet Lady is currently out of commission. Um, we, we can't have Barry at games currently, given everything that's going on. So uh, how are you going to get there? Are you, are you all travelling together, you, Hutchie and, uh, and Wazza? Uh, yeah, yeah, we've got a pool car booked, so... Uh... We'll, uh, we'll be driving together. It's going to be an early departure. And, and what would you do with the team, Stewie? Would you, um, what are you doing? You're putting down straight into the, the starting lineup, you reckon? Oh, um, no, because I think it's just a hard one. Because I think, are they a better team with him in? Yes, but I just don't know if that sends the right message in terms of you've got to earn the shirt and fight for your place. I think that would be a bit of a slap in the face to the 
the three midfielders who have done well in his absence. So I think um, probably a similar scenario to the weekend where, uh, sorry, to last night where Downs will be on the bench and probably come on at some point. Teddy Bishop isn't likely to kind of last games uh, given his kind of in- injury record. So that might be a change at, at some point, perhaps. Um, can Dazelle kind of keep sustaining games? He started every match so far. So uh, again, you know, maybe downs for Dazelle at some stage, as was the case last night. But no, I think you've got to go again with um, Dazelle, Bishop and Nolan after uh, after last week's performance. And is Drizzy ready to uh, to play? Don't know. We'll find out um, tomorrow um, mm. in the press conference on that one. It was a, a slight thigh strain that was described as as last weekend. So hopefully last night was just a precaution for him because uh, if he's fit, he's more than earned his, his shirt at the moment. Um, I know we t- you asked about Hawkins earlier. I don't think I gave much of a re- reply. Mm. I thought he did OK last night. I think with the caveat that he's clearly not fully fit, he's only played about an hour going into last night's game. He's He's been carrying a bit of a foot injury by all accounts. So... He's not fully up to speed. I think Norwood slowly but surely is you're starting to see him kind of return to life. He's he's definitely he's less disciplined as a front man. He's not going to win the headers that that Hawkins does. I don't think he's going to provide the same hold up play that Drynan does. But he's a pest and he's a nuisance and he charges people down. And um, when they're all fully fit, Norwood is first choice. So. Um, if Drynan's not ready, I think maybe maybe you might see a Norwood start the weekend. Who knows? We shall see. Roscoe, what are you doing with the team? Are you sticking Downs in? No. I think, you know, keep that winning midfield and then, mm-hmm. as, as Stu said, bring maybe bring Downs on for Bishop. I don't know, the hour mark. or It depends what the game is, what's happening in the game, really, if we're, we're not in the lead or whatever and we just need that a little bit more bite in the midfield and bring them on. Um, but yeah, we'll wait and see, really. Can I push you for prediction, Ross? What are you, what are you saying? Uh, I don't think we'll we'll score three as we did against them in the Carabao Cup, but I think another win. I'll be not. It'd be nice to see another clean sheet as well. I want to go. I want to go two 0 Obviously, Grion Edwards gets both those goals. I assume. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> Stewie, give us a give us a prediction. I was going to say 2-0 as well, actually. I thought I was encouraged by how well they defended last night against a good team. And as I say, they've been creating loads of chances, even in the Arsenal game. They had a hat full of chances in, in that match as well. So if they can combine those two against average League One opposition, I, I think they'll be OK. 2-0. Outstanding. Well, thanks for joining us today. Um, if you if you haven't already, please um, hit subscribe on your various podcast providers. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes and follow us across all social medias, Kings of Anglia, on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, the whole the whole, uh, the whole, whole nine yards. Boys, is there anything else to mention before we take our leave and get back to working? Uh, no other business. You don't sound like you're sure there, Stu. You sure? Uh, we'll, we'll we'll leave the whole transfer chat for another day. But what I will say is, I don't think they're done in terms of bringing players in. Um, they're, they're looking. Oh. Um, Hold so, the phone. You can't. You can't. You can't say that at the end of a pod. Well, I just have. I just <laughs> have. Yeah, but now now I want to know some, more, my some, friends. Some, so some of them have probably there's been something. dependent on sort of the Jackson and Down situation. I know we've talked about the salary cap restrictions, but. Um, there are yeah. loopholes that different clubs are, are looking to kind of exploit at the moment. Um, 
promotion clauses, loan loopholes, stuff like that. I think um, they might try. It might be the loan route for Ipswich, um, which I know isn't everyone's cup of tea, but uh, I still think that they might want to uh, pick up another one or two players before the window shuts, possibly go down the sort of uh, Premier League loan route, but we'll, we'll see on that one. And what kind of positions are you are you thinking? I think they want a winger, and I think they still might have a centre back in mind as well. Tantalising, Stu. What a way to end the pod, Roscoe. Can you match that? Uh not really. I, I, I want to do a cheeky plug for the the women's team because Kieran said, "Yeah, can I?" Uh, they're 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 starting their season on Sunday against uh, hashtag United Women, which is a terrible name. But it mm. is what it is. Um, but they're their first league game of the season, and uh, 400 fans can come to the game. So, whereabouts is it? Uh, uh, Felix Doe. What time? Uh, 2 p.m. 2 p.m. on Sunday. Yeah. So get down, watch the Tracks Girls in action if you can. Big season ahead. Obviously, they had a, a historic season last season, uh, which unfortunately got wiped from the books. So fingers crossed for the same again this season, Roscoe. Are the girls looking good? Yeah, looking good. Yeah, could be a. Hopefully a double promotion season for the men and us, hopefully. Hopefully I haven't jinxed it now. but You have just ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> Is Blue Wilson still there? Yeah, still there. Outstanding. Superb. Right then, let's take our lead, boys. Thanks very much for listening. Ipswich Town are out of the cup. But um, as Stu says, the real business starts now, starting with Bristol Rovers away this weekend. Follow it with us and the boys um, across the online and obviously in print. And we will speak to you again hopefully on Monday after Town have gone Two games I've beaten in the league and made it two out of two wins. Have a great weekend, guys, and we'll speak to you again next time. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Thank you.